Hello, uh, my name is Juni. Uh, I'm the host of the Theta Game podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. Thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast or future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in NVIDIA, App- <laughs> I almost said Apple, <laughs> in NVIDIA, AMD, and PayPal. Thank you. Okie dokie, artichoke. Um, this is like take four of saying it because I keep messing up my words. So we learned this week from the FOMC meeting that uh, there will be no interest rate hike uh, you know, this quarter, but it will be revisited in March. Uh, we will see several rate hikes throughout this year by a X amount of increase to interest rates uh, because that amount was also not disclosed during this meeting. The questions team that was asking, you know, Jerome Powell, uh, just questions about inflation and unemployment numbers and all that stuff, really tried to get the answer out of him. But I genuinely think when he says that that decision just hasn't been made yet or it's just not even close to being made, I think that's actually true. I'm pretty sure they're still working diligently to get to that number that everyone could vote with confidence with. Um, but yeah, the uncertainty is still there. I thought that maybe if they announced the rates and how many times it was going to go up um, this week, it would make you know VIX drop. It would give you know some confidence to stockholders and investors that you know it's safe to put money back in because at least we have the knowledge of just how and when the interest rates will go up. But because you know none of that was really announced, rather just delayed, uh, volatility should stay higher. Um, and with that, uh, this is just a you know a formal reminder that. Because volatility is really high right now, if you're buying options, you're actually paying a whole lot of money. That includes the buy side with calls uh, and also the buy side with puts. It doesn't matter if it goes up or down. The market is pricing that the market will move in either direction by a whole lot. Um, and so just be wary, right? Like if you're if you just started investing because of all this GameStop news, you know, volatility still might be a foreign subject, but this is just you know, a reminder for you that if you don't know about volatility, right now would probably be a really, really good time to do some due diligence on the side with a morning cup of coffee on Google and just look up how does volatility affect options. In other news, um, so the market has been going down pretty heavy and some of that has been accelerated, especially in tech, because as you know, I'm really just a tech investor. I don't invest in really much anything else whether it's fintech or just tech. Um, so Apple uh, has reported really good earnings. I'll let you kind of re- gloss over the earnings report, but from what I see, earnings per share year-over-year increase of 24% and revenue increased 10% year-over-year as well. So that's like pretty big, especially for a company of that size, right? Apple touched the $3 trillion market cap number. It's the biggest company, as far as I know, um, in in tech, I don't, I don't know how to justify just saying that it's the biggest company. So I'm going to say it's one of the biggest companies, despite I've, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest company I know, um, market cap size-wise. Um, anyway, uh, so Apple is giving a lot of confidence back. Um, I had no idea that Apple was reporting uh, today, 
that just totally caught me blindsided. Uh, but because Apple did so well, it's actually propping up the market a little bit. Futures right now, and trust me, I think futures are super oogla boogla, but last time I checked, they're up pretty heavy. Um, yeah, from what I can tell right now, NASDAQ is up a percent. Um, uh, S&P is up half a percent. Dow is about up half a percent as well. So it's cool that Apple is saving the day yet again. It just seems like an Apple fashion to really deliver um, good results and keep tech afloat. Because a lot of this was um, a lot of this downtrend, especially for tech, was definitely accelerated by the the Netflix um, drop of twenty percent after market. I'm not even actually sure if Netflix recovered any of that. I'm just gonna look right now, real quick. Um, the five day chart. Uh, yeah, I mean, when did this drop? Five oh eight. Yep. Nope. It's just starting to bounce, but really, it's still below the. It's still below the twenty percent mark that it dropped um, that initial day after earnings. So, Netflix definitely pulled down the market, gave a little bit more insight into just like how bloated the the tech market was. But you know, Netflix people or Netflix fans, Netflix investors will say that's undervalued. The original content is like unmatched. But that's iffy. That's very very iffy. I'm not sure. Um, if I could, I'm just like, I, here, I don't watch movies, I don't watch shows, so I can't invest in Netflix. Netflix, uh, Netflix's uh, PE ratio though, price to earnings ratio, is at 34, which I never thought I would ever see. But Netflix PE ratio is within like, my personal like wow this is very quote undervalued um because if nvidia was sitting at a p e ratio of like 30 plus like like in the 30s yeah i would say like let's go let's let's buy more let's buy more but because i don't just like slap rip like metrics on a board and say i'm gonna buy everything that fits within this category because I like buying what I use, I like buying what I like. I'm, I wouldn't buy the dip on Netflix, right? I just don't watch shows. But if you thought you loved Netflix, and this is a classic line, if you thought you loved Netflix at $690.31, you're going to love it at $386, or like almost uh, $300 cheaper than it was in November. So that's that's actually insane that you get like a fifty percent haircut from the top that was only like three months ago. That is that's actually crazy, um, <laughs> and you kind of see that with Shopify too. And I actually like Shopify. I, I used to trade Shopify back in the day when I got started with my like cashier puts when Shopify was like around seven sixty. I rode it like all the way to uh, like eleven hundred. Uh, selling cash secure puts like rotating out and I made like a good chunk of my uh, profit loss um, of for that uh, for that year and it was like really good but yeah again Netflix I don't watch movies I don't really watch shows so I'm gonna pass all right and uh, talking a bit about like my own personal positions um, today uh, January 27th uh, yeah because it's only 9 52 p.m. right now um, 
Today, I doubled down on my AMD and my NVIDIA positions. And you can see that, and that's all public too, at thetagang.com slash Junie. Um, yeah, I, I doubled down today. I thought, you know, I, I saw a minus 6% day on AMD, and I was just like, you know, if I loved AMD, I would absolutely buy here. And so that's why I did. Um, and I saw that NVIDIA had a pop in the morning. It was green in the morning and then it turned red. And then it looked like it was consolidating. So I thought like, hey, you know what? This is me kind of getting rewarded for staying patient all the way up until today. And then uh, I also dodged the head fake that happened this morning. And so I thought, you know, maybe I should start my first double down finally because I have not doubled down since the very tippy top of my starting position. This is my first double down. Um, and again, that's public. Uh, that's thetagang.com slash Junie. Uh, I'll also add the disclaimer that I always add. is like if you follow any of my trades or if you, um, you know, think that you copying my trades is going to make you money, it's not, right? Like I've not been doing this for a long time, maybe like two and a half years, almost three years. I'm not really sure, um, but somewhere around there. Uh, I've been doing this strictly Theta Gang style, like buying shares, selling cash secure puts, selling covered calls, and et cetera, et cetera. It's been a journey, and I've been in this scenario before, um, but this time it's even a little bit easier, uh, for me at least, uh, because before, when I was in the coronavirus crash, when I got assigned 80K worth, worth of puts, uh, I only had 80K in my portfolio, so I really had no choice but to like really just hold on, get assigned, and kind of just work from there. This time, I got assigned around like 60K worth of puts, but then I had like 100, I not had, but I have 140K um, ready to go. And today I used around 50K, I think, uh, 45 to 50K to double down on my AMD and uh, NVIDIA positions. So I have roughly like 100K left, 90 to 100K left um, to double down with. And so this next double down, I'll be waiting very patiently. Um, I feel like I've been patient already. A lot of the, um, the stocks that I love have just been beaten down so much. And what I keep telling myself, and this is where the copium hits, right? Is nothing has changed except these interest rates. Nothing has changed. NVIDIA didn't just, you know, have the worst PR day ever or their chips didn't have this like malfunction or this this um, hardware ransom attack vulnerability like it has nothing of, nothing of that sort. The metaverse stuff has cooled down just a little bit because crypto's been hit by a lot. Like a lot of the NFT scams are just being brought up to light and whatnot. Um, AMD still killing it. So, you know, uh, and this goes for Nvidia too. Like their graphics cards still sell out as soon as they come out. Like it's still a hot demand product. I am. I am, what's, what is, what is the best word here without sounding shilly, right? I'm not trying to make it sound like, oh, yeah, it's on sale, go get it. Oh, it's going to make you rich. Ugh. I'm not trying to say, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that. I am just, sh is it shocked? Is it shocked? I don't know if it's shocked. Yeah, I'm just going to explain how I feel, not what I feel. 
I am feeling like I've grown as a trader and that because I'm being so patient and I'm just seeing the market drop and I've been playing from the sidelines, I'm just kind of like, wow, you know, the old, old me would have written puts a long time ago. The old me would have bought shares to double down with a long time ago. But wow, am I lucky to have gone through the coronavirus crash. And, you know, I was also lucky enough to have a narrative during that entire time, too, because I was recording the podcast just like how I'm doing right now. Right. I have an entire series of podcasts from the, the coronavirus crash that you can listen to right now. You can just scroll down to when the coronavirus crash happened, select the date and then listen to it. And you hear my thoughts during that time. And right now, you know, I'm just hearing people, you know, I see that the stock market crash is trending. I see day traders trending. I see um, interest rate uh, or FOMC trending. And I'm seeing all this stuff, like all this news that they're trying to shove down our throats right now. I see it all trending. And I'm just thinking like, wow, you know, like the old me would not have sat out. Um you know, before I even did day game style trades, I would have probably tried to buy puts. And some of you might be thinking like, oh, you know, the old self would have probably made money because you bought puts. But the old old me didn't really have discipline to hold the puts, right? Like the old me would have gotten like scared to hold the puts overnight or would have gotten scared um, off of the first green um, dead cat bounce that we've had. We've had like two of them so far that looked really promising. Um or not really promising, but they, they were pretty good green days where it might make you question whether or not to hold your puts, which I think a lot of people have gone faked out with, by the way. So those of those people that have like puts that are printing, just know that there is a chance that they could have lost on the way down. So just, just keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, I'm just grateful for, you know, having gone through the crash and then having this ability just to acknowledge that things are very emotional right now things are very volatile right now and um just i'm just exercising my risk appetite i have plenty of cash still ready to go but i'm not in a hurry to be greedy right now i'm not in a hurry to time the exact bottom and then put in everything for the max amount of gains i think that is actually the biggest recipe for disaster right now if say you were like more patient than me and you had like even more percentage of money just ready to go the play right now is to not go all in like the play right now is to absolutely you know buy the dips as you see fit and how your portfolio uh highlights the dips because everyone has different break-even points it doesn't really matter what the stock graph says really if you're just in it for the really long long haul but uh, try to not go all in, right? It, it, it's going to seem enticing, like especially tomorrow, given that Apple had a great earnings report, tech will bounce pretty heavy, at least in the morning. Who knows? Maybe we go from green to red again, like we've been doing for like the last uh, few weeks. But, you know, say tomorrow is just a, a monster bounce. Is tomorrow the day where you go all in and then on on Monday we gap down and then you just think like, oh man, I should have not gone all in, right? So you have to take uh, your time with these scenarios and that's, oh, that's so much easier said than done too because 
you know, after this podcast is over, you're just going to go back to your app and you're just going to watch, you know, Spy go up and down again. And when Spy starts going down, you're going to start thinking, oh, man, should I sell? And, you know, that's that's a good next point, too, is I see a lot of people saying, I am finally sold out of this position. Good riddance. I'm finally, I finally sold this position. I was tired of seeing it go down more and more every day. I was tired of holding onto these bags. I promise that some of you listening right now will sell at the lowest point of this dip. Some of you, just with how probabilities work and just with how emotions work, some of you will sell at the very, very bottom. Some of you, not all of you, but some of you. And it's going, it's a real possibility. And the, the, the reason why I believe this is because the stock market is irrational, correct? There's no real logic behind the stock market besides like, oh, the printer go brr, the stock market goes up. Okay, that might be the only sound logic right now. But beyond that, the stock market is very emotion driven. Do you really think an interest rate cut of 0.25 uh, like over the over the next year several times is really going to make like this much of a difference? No. This is people like selling to protect their portfolios, selling out of fear, selling just for the sake of needing money in case if they needed something right now. I don't know, there's multitudes of reasons people sell. All kinds of people sell for different reasons. All kinds of people have different break-evens. So when things get you know, like this, when the market is down, it's very fear-driven. So when, when you sell, when you finally get to that breaking point and you're like, you know what? I'm going to sell today. There is a good chance that a lot of other people are thinking that too. And there's a good chance that people do it at the same time as you. And it's that day when there's enough people that do it at the same time, that's the very bottom. And then we rally from there. There's enough buyers that are just at the tipping point and just, you know, they want to go in too. And boom, you're, you sold at the bottom and you're going to think like the stock market is like a scam and you're never going to do it again. You're going to say like, oh, of course the stock market is going up right after I sell. But then you're caught in the trope that I make fun of all the time, right? Like if you are mad that the stock market goes up, something's wrong. Something's like wrong with your strategy. Something's wrong with your mindset. You should want the stock market to go up. Oh, Junie, you sound like a capitalist right now. You just had stock in the stock market and you just sold when it was down at the bottom. You know, don't don't point the blame at me now and say like, oh, I'm a capitalist, right? Like you're, you're just mad that you sold at the bottom. I'm just trying to really illustrate that there is a possibility that you do do it at the bottom. Um, and nothing can really save you from that. Not even me talking about it right now. It just comes with trading and being in it for a long time. Um, I can tell you one thing. I uh, have not sold at the bottom in a pretty long time. And some of you might be like, oh, what is the secret, Junie? Do I got to sign up for your service? Or do I got to sign up uh, for uh, the ThetaGang.com website? Or do I got to do this? No. 
No, you don't. I'm just going to say it right now for free in this episode. I'm not going to point you to another episode. I'm just going to say it right now. The way that you can prevent you never sell at the bottom is you don't sell. That plain and simple. You just don't sell. Ways to make it easier for you to not want to sell things is genuinely, and this is the hardest part of conveying this tip. If you genuinely love a company, I can almost guarantee you're, you wouldn't sell the stock, right? A lot of people think they love the stock, but they really just love the returns they make on the stock. So when it starts going down, they stop loving it. Just like uh, uh, how Andy treats Woody when he's grown up, right? Like, oh, Woody, I don't want to play with you anymore, ah. right? That's how you treat the stock that you're just about to sell, like if the stock market were to go down, like again next week, right? Like don't, don't treat your stock like Woody. Like be, be friends with your stock. <laughs> that's that's when it gets a little guru-y, like when I tell you to become friends with your stock. But I, you get what I mean. Like if you genuinely believe in the company, you believe in the vision, you like the founder, you think it's a decent company, it brings in good enough revenue, it's a responsible stock, it's you know not over or undervalued according to your own metrics, then yeah, it's gonna be a whole lot easier holding it. But if you're caught holding a meme stock that you learned about on Wall Street Bets last week, when someone convinced you to buy you know uh, puts, calls, or you know even shares. It's going to be very, very hard when the stock starts to go down because the entire market is going down. Maybe it's not even that single stock's fault. Maybe it's just the entire market going down. And then suddenly, you you reach out to that uh, person that convinced you to go in on that stock, and then you know you say, "Hey, uh, you know, um, uh, stock buyer four twenty sixty nine, are you still holding uh, this stock?" And then they say. Uh, bro, I exited with a profit uh, like yesterday. Uh, yeah, um, and now I'm into this stock. It's just like, what the heck happened, right? Like you're you're just caught dumbfounded and like, why did I why did I buy this stock? And then you start finding out like, oh, people just shill what they buy, and then you know they don't tell you when they sell things, they don't tell you when they close their positions. And then you you start to wonder like, man, if only there was a way that you could kind of sort of tell when people open and close positions. And it's like, oh man, it would be sick if there's a platform that like maybe if you opened a trade, like it wouldn't really count unless if you closed it or like you can't delete it after you make one. Oh, Jesus, there should be something like that. <laughs> um, but anyway. I hope that everyone is feeling all right. I can also empathize with the market going down can um, put a a load on your shoulders for sure. Uh, if you have a kid, if you just like bought a house and most of your money is the stock market, I can imagine this being a little bit scary for sure. I am very grateful that really I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I rent out a room in, you know, one of my good friends like house and I have no debt. Like I'm I'm really kind of just living and I don't have any of the external factors that like get me stressed out. But I'm also not oblivious to the point where I'm just saying like, "Oh, just don't be stressed about it. Just don't sell." I'm saying like you have a right 
and you you can feel scared. Absolutely, you don't have to hide it. You don't have to pretend that like oh it doesn't bother you. It can be scary. I can imagine myself being scared too. If I say, for example, I bought that house that I really, really wanted to buy, um, that I still want to buy, by the way, um, it would. This would be genuinely scary to me. I think. But to top off the episode, because I'm not trying to leave off on like, like a oh no, I'd be scared if I were you type of type of note. Times like right now, it is very healthy to uh, zoom out. Right now, if you look at the max chart for SPY, this looks like a very, very, very small dip. Um, you know, coronavirus crash was crazy. I'm sure the Great Depression was even scarier. I'm not even actually sure if the stock market was around in the Great Depression. Was the stock market uh, open during the Great Depression? The stock market crash of 1929 was one of the worst in U.S. history. Um, did the mark the stock market exist during the Great Depression? In October of 1929, the stock market crashed, wiping out billions of dollars of wealth and heralding the Great Depression. Oh, oh. Okay, so the Roaring Twenties crashed the market, which caused the Great Depression. That is crazy. I didn't know that. See, I'm really bad at history too. Some of you are like, duh, of course, Judy, how do you, we listen to this guy? We listen to this guy every week? We listen to this guy that doesn't know how the Great Depression happened? Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm living, breathing proof that you don't need to uh, know history uh, to trade options. Um, but yeah, if you zoom out, it, it's not bad. Um, that's what I'm trying to say. Like SPY and all these other um, index funds just go up um, eventually. It could be that rare, rare moment where this is actually the top. And I, I've said that like a million times during the coronavirus crash. It's like, this could be the top, who knows? But something I also always say is I'd rather be wrong doing the right thing. Meaning, I want to invest thinking that the market always goes up because it's just the responsible thing to do. In the history of the stock market, it has always paid off to hold the stock. It is. It has never been the case that holding a stock is the bad idea. Of course, that's very relative to which stocks you buy because there are many bad stocks in the market. But I'm, if you're responsible, you know which stocks are responsible. And so if you invest in responsible things, it has never failed. The holding stock because the market goes up meme is real. Some of you are you know, thinking about selling, and you can totally sell, don't let me stop you. But for those that are, just have like absolutely no idea how to interpret this situation, I think something that could be really healthy for you is one, go outside and don't look at the stock market. I think that's like the best one. Pick up a hobby that distracts you, learn how to grow within a hobby, learn how to develop skills that you've never learned before. I think that's number one. Number two is 
learning to like not care meaning like adjust your portfolio to where you're not over leveraged make sure you're not using margin during these times make sure that you're not in any infinite loss scenarios that could be putting like external amounts of stress or extreme amounts of stress sorry uh on you um and then you could just kind of like looking at long-term trends where you start looking at price points that you're excited for to buy instead of just thinking like, oh, where is the market going to stop? Where is this going to end? Be proactive about it if you want. Because remember, the best thing that I think you should do is just go outside or learn a new skill. But, you know, the other flip side is take ownership of the downtrend. Like, be proactive about it. Look at the stock graphs of your favorite stocks and choose and pick the prices that are like super down, um, the price targets that are way below where we currently are, and be excited. Say like, okay, if AMD hits $70, I am going to finally for sure double down. And so as the market continues to go red and red and red, then that gets you excited because not only are you excited and not putting money anywhere else, you suddenly have a plan. You're you're waiting until AMD finally hits 70 and then you're excited. You're like, yes, this is now at a price where I really want to buy and because I really wanted to be at this price, I didn't put the money that I wanted to put in here and anywhere else. This feels very responsible, I'm in. And then, you know, say you go in and AMD continues to go down and then you're like, wow, you know what? I doubled down, but it was all according to plan. I'm gonna give this another go. And then you look at you look at the graph and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just invest one more time at 50. And then AMD goes, you know, slowly down, 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 down 50. But all in the meantime, you're excited because you are now looking forward to something instead of just blatantly sitting there, um, just getting got without a plan. You're just seeing that your portfolio is going down, and that could really lead to burnout. Right, like you work so hard for your money and all you're doing is just looking at your portfolio number go down and you're almost like paralyzed. You don't know what you should be doing uh, and anything that you do do seems to not work because guess what? When you come up with a plan to mitigate losses while the market is open, that plan is probably very emotional, right? Like it's best to plan outside of market hours. Look at graphs. Look at entries outside of market hours. That will help you a lot too. Once you get really comfortable with just picking supports and picking um, the premiums that you're comfortable with, then you can start opening positions, um, you know, picking at least price targets outside of the market or inside the market hours. But until then, doing all the playing outside of market hours will help you a bunch. But again, easier said than done because what does everyone like to do as soon as they enter a position? You love to watch the one-minute chart of that <laughs> of that stock for the entire day. <sighs> anyway, um, so yeah, I talked about uh, that I bought my first double down today, aka I bought the dip for the first time of 2022. Um, excited to see where the market goes tomorrow because of Apple earnings. Talked about how Netflix dragged down tech a little bit as well. Uh, but again, Apple bouncing the market tomorrow. Tomorrow will be less volume probably than today, just given that it's a Friday. Monday will either be 
you know, a gap up or gap down, I'm guessing, just because of how big the volatility is right now. Um, and yeah, just, you know, continue to trade responsibly. If you trade responsibly up until now, um, you know, earnings are around the corner. Here's here's also another thing. And I thought I was gonna make this a topic for next next week, but I don't think it's this the message would get out in time as earnings are starting to go in full force. Uh, if you are red for the year, I would advise, uh, and uh, I actually do not mind calling this um, advice. This isn't financial advice, but this is just life advice. Um, you know, if you are red for the year, I don't think playing earnings to break even or turn green is your best bet. What has happened to me in the past is I would be red for the year and then I would see like, oh, look at this. It's beyond meets earnings. Their volatility is really, really high and they're about to launch at KFC or something like that. And you know what? I'm red for the year. Uh, I'm going to put in my next two paychecks into this earnings call. And if this doubles up, I should be green or I should have broke even for the year. And I'll be and I'll trade responsibly after that. Just give me this one win and I'll, I'll be clear. I'll do the trade. Earnings will happen. Earnings don't go my way. And then I'm in a I'm in the biggest hole ever. And I'm just thinking like, wow, I'll never get out of this. I really suck at this. I'm going to quit. And I end up taking a break. And then I end up coming back a few months later after I've saved up a, a bit from, from my paychecks. And then rinse and repeat. I might start off trading responsibly because I just got got during earnings. I get frustrated because I don't know how to trade responsibly well enough because I haven't done it long enough because I just keep recycling and getting got from trying to break even with earnings. And then this is the vicious loop that a lot of people get into. So, you know, just be cognizant if you or a buddy is caught in this loop. Um, it's a very dangerous one. And just know that, you know, as soon as you start trading responsibly, you can start taking those more responsible, more higher capital, better return, lower risk type of bets that we've talked about in these uh, latest podcasts. But anyway, um, be careful out there. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at juni at datagame.com. You can also go to the Twitch stream at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. I've also been showing my Twitch streams, like the latest VODs on the ThetaGang.com website. Um, so it's just there. I update it with the newest VOD every week where you can see my portfolio, where like you see that my profit loss for the year is negative. I'm like down 12K in a 200K portfolio. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just all super fun. People ask tons of good questions. Um, just asking like how I trade, what I would do if I was in their scenario, um, and stuff like that. You could literally come in and say like, Junie, look at this stock, and I have this position. What do you think about it? And I'll give you my honest opinion. Um, a what else? What else? What else? Uh, Theta Gang is proudly partnered with the Tastyworks, uh, and signing up with the Theta Gang referral code is a huge help. Did I say the Tastyworks? Tastyworks. Um, my Referral code is ThetaGang, one word, all caps. It uh, Again, it supports the website and podcast, so thank you so much if you used it. If you have already used it, send me an email at juni at ThetaGang.com where, um, with your first name and last name that you signed up with the ThetaGang referral code and uh, your ThetaGang username and your Twitch username, 
and you'll get a cherry emoji flare on the website to show that you support the website podcast. Um, and uh, I will also let you in on the Twitter alerts for a month. Uh, I want to give a extended shout out to. Is this already authorized? Yep. Uh, Pocket Change, King Polo D, Mike D, Slow Motion, JZM, Mala, Pastor Bedtime, Empty Cans, Moz, Norco, Royal Mitch Brady 7, Upstream Puddle, Craig Thomas, GJ Wilson, BJ Kim, Statistic Ram, Tom Hobbs, Mr. Decart, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Deleted, Joffrey 86, Island Bell, Wheaton, DJ Mac 86, Nov, Light TC, Mom, NET Fit 6, Trivana, St. Hayden, Little, Mr. Sneezy, Minnow, Dum Dum, Grand Pine 85, Little Jessing, Fancy Wolf, Master XC, Big Fly, Seneca, Satoshi, LG, Smith, Meh Meh Meh, Chicken Dinner, Ivan Yurkinov, Dissentia, Arf Man, Lord Skeletor, Lazy Reservist, Jesper, Crispy, King Boy, Kaput, Rusty, Er, Shifty, AG, Theta Ray, ULXV, Elfinko, 4RT, Dr. Magnum, and Sis88. Yeah. Wow. So that was a pretty contextual episode. I would almost think that that's like a. If I did that every midweek, if I did this type of episode every midweek, I think that would be pretty cool. But I would also start thinking that it's like a job. <laughs> I mean, I already feel like the podcast kind of takes out a good chunk of my day because it's literally like me talking into a microphone for like an hour and a half. Because I really do cut down a lot of what I say because I go on tangents that I think are just way too long. Um, but yeah, I think this is fun for now, just uh, doing it once per week. Uh, if you haven't already, I don't know if this is like the billionth time I told you, but you should start your podcast today if you have a, if you ever want to talk about something. Um, anything on my mind? Anything on my mind? Um, not really. I think I think something to note just about the current market situation. Earlier in the episode. When I said all that stuff about like how I'm grateful about the coronavirus crash and you know just thankful for how much I've learned so far, I can see that coming off like really the wrong way, and, and I can think, and maybe this is just like the anxious part of me where I'm just like overthinking it, but I can think that maybe sometimes people will be like, oh look, he just got lucky. And uh, he thinks he's he thinks he's all good now, so he thinks he's better than everyone. But really, when you go through something like that, I'm not. And also, it's just like some people really overblow things. I would say that that experience really taught me something. And the word I want to use is like almost like traumatic, where like it really shocked me when I got assigned the ADK. I was like, wow, I am really in the hole and i was like down like 40k at one point or something absurd like that i was really really down um but that really solidified my strategy um and just how i hold things so for those of you that do listen this far um and listen to me after the credits uh, in the one percent section this is just one more example like maybe this is your coronavirus crash, right? Like maybe this is the stock market going red um, that makes you trade responsibly for the rest of your life. And some of you, you know, could sell, right? And realize this loss and then maybe not never learn anything. If, say for example, if, 
And I really do want you to make your own decisions. That I am not a financial advisor, and really, I am bound to one of these years get it super wrong. And this could be the year. But just imagine how you would feel if you sold out of your position right now and realized the loss. And we, I might even say we did a V shaped recovery, but like rather, we just slowly started going back up. Like, how would that make you feel? That maybe you got got during the coronavirus crash because you sold at the bottom during the coronavirus crash. And then again, you sold at the bottom during this interest rate hike crash or whatever you want to label it, however you want to label it. One of these crashes or one of these corrections will finally snap you out of it. Just like how that Reddit comments really snapped me out of my bad habits. Right? Imagine an ally saving the account doing better than you. So this is just a friendly reminder from your not famous podcast host, Junie, slash friend, right? Like maybe this is the time where you really hone in on your strategy. As you all know, last year we made a lot of money. We had a lot of easy companies to invest in and it was very easy to make money. When the market starts to go down, that's when you really start to see where the real traders shine. Because the ones that were just screaming off the top of their lungs, by causing this, by causing this, that were doing that last year, have already blown up. They were already too used to buying calls. Right, like imagine the first week of January where we started going up like right off the bat. They were saying, Keep buying calls. Keep buying calls. And then the first dip and later that first week happens. They're like, buy calls for cheap. Buy calls for cheap. And then next week, we just go straight down. And they're saying like, okay, keep buying calls. This is the last week. And double down. We're going to the moon next week because it can't go down any further. And the next week comes. It's just silence. They just stop posting, right? And so be be cognizant. It's, it's, it's looking at your surroundings, like analyzing your environment. The people that were so loud and talking so much about, you know, buy this, buy that, are so quiet now. It is a death sentence right now, I think, to be an options um, guru. Like today, right? Imagine some option services buy puts because we're going to keep going down. And then look at this. Apple made a killer reports and futures are looking very green right now. What are they going to do? Just stay quiet. Why did, why, uh, you know, this, the, these puts that you told me to buy didn't work out. Uh, why is that? Silence. They're not going to reply to you. And so it's tricky. This is a very, very tricky thing to talk about because there's a lot of other people that uh, that benefit from this type of like service and they make a living out of this service. So I'm not trying to like, or am I? I don't know. It, it really is a dirty, it really is a dirty service though. I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'll just stop there. I'm not gonna, I won't bash it too hard. Um, anyway, stay safe. Um, there's no such thing as like risk-free in anything in the stock market. 
this could be the very top. Who knows? Chances are it's not just by how history has worked out before. Um, and yeah, friends and a community um, to just be cool with is really important during these times too. Imagine like working from home, being alone, and then you see like your net worth start start evaporating and you have no one to vent to. Like that, that can be really tough. But, you know, some of us are lucky to have friends and some of us are lucky to be within a community that's like uh, a safe place to lose, as I like to say. And uh, I'm thankful for the ones that I have. I hope you have or find some. And uh, yeah, I will see everybody next week. Bye-bye.